0: You're listening to a Marcus Sahaba online radio podcast.
1: Yes, at that time of the evening, you join us on uh, Medical Files. And uh, this evening, Alhamdulillah, we have a very prominent uh, doctor joining us. And before I get to him, let me welcome a uh, pious and sagacious with a hearty. assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, uh, Medical Files, as I said, uh, our guest is a uh, natural science biologist and general practitioner, Dr. Shankara Chetty. And uh, inshallah, this evening, are we interrogating uh, the thoughts and the topic. Yeah, this is it. Are we facing a genocide? Masses are reacting. People, anti-vaxxers, the vaxxers, and you can see the numbers are increasing on those that are getting conscientized. And who better than uh, Dr. Shankara Chetty to give us an update and take us a uh, deep into what is happening to mankind, humankind. Are they being captured by forces that are sinister? Good evening, uh, Doc, and tell me how you're doing.
0: Uh, good evening, Shafat. I'm doing fine. I hope all of you are fine. And good evening to your
1: listeners as well. Yeah, good to have you, Doc. And, you know, you have been on uh, many platforms. Uh, you've uh, conscientized uh, the people around the world. And one that I found very interesting was when you were in Trinidad, you know, uh, addressing the people of the West Indies. And many questions uh, have come through. And you, uh, you know, answered them with a distinction. And tell me, uh, doctor, you know, when you give those answers, uh, those questions are uh, put and you giving the answers, uh, it's not uh, premeditated, it's not planned. And you uh, definitely you answer on your feet. Tell me what goes through your mind when you are, you know, expecting an audience, uh, an audience to ask you questions. And, you know, the confidence that you get uh, from, uh, you know, uh, to, to answer them. Where do you get all that from, uh, doctor?
0: Uh, Shabat, I think uh, nothing is ever premeditated. Uh, I've been through a lot with this pandemic and have a lot of experience uh, from research, uh, from the treatment side of things, from clinically, uh, from understanding the perspectives around the world. And I think a lot of what I have to say comes from simple logic. Uh, my aim is to always speak the truth. I've always been that kind of person. So I think when you speak the truth, uh, nothing. Nothing needs to be pre-planned. Nothing needs to to be uh, to be
1: premeditated. Uh, I think uh, when you look at the different facts that we
0: see from all the different information available out around the world, then certain things make sense and certain things don't. And that's all I look at. Uh, if it makes sense, then it's more likely to be true. If it doesn't make sense, then it doesn't. It's not less likely to be true. There are certain things that are facts that don't need to be confirmed. And there are certain things that we can draw inferences and opinions from, but those have to be based in the facts itself. Uh, Some of the facts, like I say, don't need to be proven to be true. We can take those for granted. You plant a seed, the uh, roots grow down. I don't need to do a randomized double-blind clinical trial to prove that. So there are certain things I will take as fact. Uh, There are certain things I will consider my opinion but my opinion is always based on what looks logical to me. So I can't force myself to unsee what I see. And so I share that opinion with the people around me.
1: Yeah, and also look at uh, the analogies you give, you know, the, the one uh, you talk about, the parachute with holes in it, and will you jump off that? I want you to share that with the listeners because I found that uh, re- a rather intriguing, uh, Doctor. Uh,
0: yes, uh, Shepard. I think <clears throat> with all the arguments with all the uh, controversies, censorship, and all that going on around the globe, uh, part of the agenda is to keep people confused, so we never actually know right from wrong. I think that's been the agenda with uh, the the media lockdowns, all that kind of thing, uh, just to make sure people are confused and they they can be forced on with uh, with untruths. Uh, the vaccine has been a very controversial subject. And we can, uh, we can address it from many angles, uh, from science, from economics, uh, from our, the social problems that it has caused. But I think sometimes we have to look at the most simplest explanation. And look, you, you must remember Al Capone, uh, being a notorious criminal, got arrested for stamp fraud. Uh, so you don't have to go to the biggest problem to try and find a solution. Uh, sometimes looking at the simple things can show you a solution. And I think uh, that is what the general public needs. And so my analogy with skydiving was for that purpose. It was to make the man in the street understand what's going on around him and the simplicity of what how, how he should look at the picture. Uh, to, to, to just reiterate what I said there, uh, vaccines were always traditionally meant to stop you getting an infection and stop you transmitting that infection. Now I use the word stop because infections and transmissions are are very volatile measures in that there's a lot of different things that can influence them. Uh, A person can be highly infectious, but he can be standing across the road from me and so that doesn't bother me at all. Uh, So there's a lot of different variables that play into infection and transmission. But with vaccines, they're meant to stop infection and stop transmission, not decrease them. They must stop them. Decrease cannot be quantified because of all the variables. Now, uh, if a person, uh, if the vaccine stops infection and transmission, then by you taking the vaccine and not getting infected or being able to transmit it, if you do, then you protect me. And in doing so, it gives the vaccines a group or population-based benefit. And that is how vaccines work, and that's how we get to herd immunity. Now, clearly, from the results around the world, we've seen that vaccines do not stop infection and they do not stop transmission. So clearly, that inference is that there is no group benefit to them there, or a group benefit has yet to be proven. Uh, Now, around the world, the, the slogan seems to be it prevents severe illness and death. Uh, the prevention of severe illness and death, I take offense with in two in, in two points. One is that the prevention of severe illness and death is a therapeutic benefit. My medication also prevents severe illness and death, but I don't expose the entire planet to the side effects of treatment. It's only sick people that qualify for treatment. Uh, the second thing is that the prevention of severe illness and death is an individual benefit. <clears throat> So if you take the vaccine, uh, supposedly, you won't get severely ill or die. Now, that benefits you, but it has no benefit to me. So that is an individual benefit. And uh, to, to make sure people understand the difference between a group and an individual benefit, uh, we got to, uh, this, this is vitally important in considering the reasons for mandating the vaccine. Now, if you have a group benefit, then I'll understand mandating it because it benefits each other but an individual benefit does not have that. So I use the, the uh, skydiving as an analogy because skydiving is a individual risk and an individual benefit. And the outcome of a skydive has nothing, no bearing on those around me or the help of those around me. So I choose whether I wish to skydive or not. And nobody can force me to do that because of the risk involved, even though there might be benefit. Now, we've been told as humanity that we need to now skydive or take this risk of vaccination uh, to protect the person next to us. Now, what I want to know is, uh, if I skydive, how does it protect the person next to me? Now, I know the science does not stack up. Uh, There hasn't been any proof of a group benefit because there needs to be a, a group benefit for it to benefit the person next to me. And there hasn't been that group benefit. Now, I still haven't been shown any signs that shows a group benefit. Uh, Then the coercion started with offering me a uh, lotto ticket or a beer or a donut to jump. But I still like to know how the group benefit works. And still, there is no evidence of that group benefit. Now, as humanity, we now are in a situation where we're being forced to jump uh, with the mandates. Uh, with losing our jobs, we've been pushed into corners where we are forced to take this this jump. and still there is no evidence of a group benefit. Now uh, that uh, makes me wonder why the mandates if there's no group benefit, why the mandates? And uh, being pushed to jump, uh, the people that are unvaccinated and are cautious are those that look at the facts more closely. And it's been shown around the globe that those that are unvaccinated have more knowledge of vaccinations than those that actually have taken the vaccine. So I think it's because I was offered a beer and donut, and I'm a bit, uh, I'm a bit uh, cautious of the person trying to vaccinate me. Uh, I don't trust him enough, and so I've watched what he's been doing. And in doing so, I noticed that the parachute that he offers me has a few extra holes in it. it doesn't look very safe. Uh, leaky vaccine. And, of course, when I look at the ground below me, uh, looks like a few people that took this jump didn't survive it. And when I ask about their fate, I'm told that they all are perfectly fine. There's nothing to see there. So the vaccine side effects are not being reported. So I think it's vitally uh, important that people understand that analogy. If I put you on the edge of an aeroplane with a leaky parachute and some dead bodies to look at on the ground where you're supposed to land, I'm sure that you would be hesitant to jump too. But then they coined terms like vaccine hesitancy to make it seem wrong. There's nothing wrong with being hesitant, especially if the person trying to make you do something takes you for an idiot. And I think all we being is cautious and all we want is information. Uh, the debate should be open. So, yes, I had that conference in uh, the Caribbean and I gave my opinion as to how I see this. Uh, it is my opinion. And I'm open to having a change of heart if I can be shown any other truths. there. But until that point, this is how I see it playing out. And uh, yes, people can attack my person. Uh, people that can attack uh, me personally. But quite frankly, I have no time for that. Uh, if you want to have a debate about the uh, science, I'm more than willing to do that. So I think there will be fallout and repercussions for what anyone has to say, uh, they call us anti-vaxxers. I don't see the point of that. I'm, I'm just a responsible scientist. And uh, anti-vaxxers have taken all my vaccinations. That, again, is just to put us all into a box so we can be dealt with accordingly. I see the Health Professions Council has put out a uh, note to say that doctors speaking uh, anti-vaxxers, speaking out against the vaccine, will be suspended. Uh, I can't understand why. Uh, uh, You haven't proven that anything we say is untrue. Neither have you proven that what you say is true. So why the need to suspend us? It's just another means of silencing us. So, yeah, I think the analogy for the man on the street to understand what's going on around him is vitally
1: important. Yeah, as you said, it's uh, of vital importance. And uh, sometimes, uh, you know, uh, Malcolm X said this so brilliantly. He said the media is so powerful, it can have you loving the oppressor and hating those that are uh, that are oppressed, and he says the media is so powerful it can brainwash millions and millions of people now you know we call this the herd mentality uh, dr shankara Chetty, and the herd mentality is uh, you know you can do people, you can uh, mesmerize them, and uh, you know whatever you tell them they will believe in you because they become uh, zombies and uh, you know uh, uh, to, to to be vaccinated. You need to be heavily programmed, or maybe you need to have a very weak mind to, uh, you know, to 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 become a victim of uh, this uh, perhaps uh this sad thing that's happening to uh, mankind presently. What's your thoughts on herd mentality and uh, those uh, that uh, you know that succumb to uh, uh, the uh, you know taking uh, vaccination by just uh, being. Uh, you know mesmerized by uh, those pharmaceuticals and those conglomerates who just want to make a quick buck uh, dr shankara chetty
0: i think more uh, people have been made fearful uh, from the start they made us afraid of uh, a foe that we cannot see and so that anxiety so created is irrational uh, we can't see who's basically causing this anxiety and uh, they made sure that there also is confusion So, at times where we have anxiety, we look for some manner of uh, constancy to figure out how we get out of the problem. But they made sure that that won't happen in that they kept the confusion going about wearing masks and not wearing masks and isolating and not isolating. The testing added to that. No one knew whether they were positive or negative or whether to believe the test. So, this was planned. Uh, It's basically manipulating the psychology of a planet uh, it's called mass formation it's been well documented in totalitarian states to keep the population confused uh, to constantly push an agenda uh, to make sure that the, the population has an enemy to fight here we have it in the unvaccinated people you blame someone for all the problems even though it's an irrational uh, accounting uh, and so they've they've kept population very fearful. And it's the fear that has driven largely the planet to look for a savior, or to look for a way out of the anxiety that we have. And very early on, even before the vaccine was developed, uh, it was put out into the public realm by the uh, mainstream media that the vaccine will be the way to get back to normal. And so people latched onto that. People eagerly awaited the arrival of the vaccine. I don't think they realized that uh, there was a bigger, bigger plan in play. And so a lot of people hold on to the vaccine like its their savior. So the vaccine has become a religion. It's mm-hmm. no more. It's no more science. And of course, people have become fanatical almost to the point of a cult in promoting the vaccination. And that, that's the religious fervor. People need something to believe in. People need something to restore faith. And so they've held on to the vaccine. And I think that's the reason that the perspective is so hard to uh, enlighten, uh, even with the truth. And as well, I think that's the reason that people that have uh, pushed the vaccine do it with such fervor. Yes, I understand those in the know uh, having an agenda. But there are others out there without an agenda that still try and punt the vaccine. Uh, Even even, uh, notwithstanding the fact that we've seen all these side effects, we've seen the vaccines not really doing anything for anyone. Uh, I'm constantly seeing patients uh, within a week to two after taking the vaccine, getting COVID. But uh, the aim is with the truth to open people's eyes. And no matter how shocking that is, Uh, I know that once I've opened people's eyes, we can't be closed again. And I think the mainstream media, the government, all that wanted to keep people in a deep sleep. And so sometimes things need to be done that are shocking, that forces people to reconsider their perspectives. And if at the end of the day it makes them a little more circumspect and a little more cautious about accepting things that they know know nothing really about, then I've achieved the goal. Uh, vaccines will always be there there will be better and better vaccines so with COVID cases low, I don't see the rush and so I think people can take a little bit of time out to be more considerate not just to have a knee-jerk reaction because they are fearful
1: Now doctor, you know, you make me think uh, deeply because uh, perhaps, you know, when uh, this uh, COVID and this pandemic and the lockdown was ushered in, it did have its effect on a lot of people and, uh, you know, I, what worries me, doctor, is how many innocent people we have lost. You know, they all had to go for these uh, treatments and they were put under oxygenators and they're put onto all these different contraptions. And many say, you know, keep away from the hospitals. You may not come back. And I know many of my friends didn't come back, uh, doctor. You know, yes. has the damage been done?
0: I think, uh, Shabbat, the, the COVID uh, pandemic that we've had was the start. It was. It, it's, not, it's not the big picture. Look, every, like I said, everything that I investigate, uh, all the research that I'm privy to, uh, points in a direction. So I make my opinions based on science, on the facts that I'm presented with, and I'm willing to change that opinion. I've remained silent about the vaccines for a very long time, even though I've been treating patients and even though I understand that the vaccines could have had some serious implications. As I started to see those implications, I further fine tuned my opinion, depending on what the facts present. Now, what I see right now is that the pathogen here in COVID illness is by protein. It's not the virus itself. So I think that the vaccination campaign to build immunity against the virus, uh, the antiviral drugs being developed, all that kind of thing is not really important because the virus is not the thing killing people. It's spike protein. And I've been pushing for a long while to have the spike protein better understood as to what it does in the human body. We do know that it causes an allergic reaction, and that's been the focus of my work on the day, that people, some people are allergic to spike protein. But that's just a small portion of what spike protein is actually capable of. And I've been pushing to find out what it actually does in our body if we're exposed to it for a longer period. Now, if you have to look at the spike protein, there are two ways we're exposed to it. One is a very short dose of spike protein that we get by exposure to the virus and when we get COVID illness. On the eighth day, we get exposed to this free spike protein and in some people, they have an allergic reaction. And that's COVID illness, and that's how we treat it. The other way to get exposed to spike protein is through the vaccine itself now the vaccines will give you a longer exposure to spike protein and so that will actually in the long run bring out its true biologic effects on the body because you're exposed to it a little longer now that's why there's the push to understanding what spike protein actually does now to put that into context for you uh, if you take penicillin penicillin its biologic effect on the body is yes, it's an antibiotic but a single dose will not act as an antibiotic because it's only a single dose. But if I give everyone on the planet a single dose of uh, penicillin, it won't act as an antibiotic. But all those that are allergic to penicillin would have reactions. And if I do not treat those reactions, they will die. And so penicillin, even in a single dose, through avoiding looking at allergic propensity, we can have a lot of deaths on our hand, And that's what we saw. And a lot of the pushback from early treatment seemed to warrant the attitude that the deaths were planned. Uh, why won't you want to save someone's life? Why would you need to ask permission to save someone's life? And we've seen all that. So I understand that uh, the deaths could have been prevented. I do understand that the deaths were wholly unnecessary. And, of course, I do understand the coercion and collusion that occurred that allowed these deaths to occur. So from that perspective, I understand that spike protein has a bigger picture, sorry, has a bigger game uh, in this entire scenario. Now, uh, we've been investigating spike protein, its structure, what it's made of. Uh, one part of spike protein is meant to attach the virus to your body. Uh, Yes, some part of the spike protein triggers an allergic response But that is common to a lot of different things around us that we are allergic to When we investigate the biologic effects of spike protein We looked at the structure of spike protein And we found that it has uh, a lot of different protein uh, fragments That are very similar to other pathogenic proteins in our body now, one of those is, uh, is uh, HIV protein, which causes immunosuppression. Another protein is prion, and prions are known to cause uh, Alzheimer's and dementia. We've also seen in it uh, uh, that it has the ability to cause endothelial inflammation. Uh, we've also seen that it has an affinity for certain kind of uh, tissue in the placenta. Uh, we've also seen that it will express as a surface protein, meaning that if, you, if it is made in your liver, your liver will express it and your body will think your liver is foreign and it will trigger autoimmunity. So these are the things that we, from the structure of spike protein, that we're suspicious of might occur. Now, if you look at the vaccine side effects that have been reported globally, that's exactly what we've seen. We've seen the neurologic damage, we've seen the endothelial damage, we've seen the uh, untimely miscarriages, Uh, we've seen the autoimmune conditions, we've seen the immunosuppression that occurs. And all this makes absolute logical sense when you study the structure of spike protein. And so spike protein is the big problem. Uh, Now, it makes you wonder why you would want to vaccinate the planet with spike protein that is actually truly toxic and from its structure seemingly very well engineered. This is not a natural protein. Uh, Nature doesn't take bits and pieces from things that might kill human beings and puts it together. There's a deliberate act here. So when I look at spike protein, I always look at it now from the perspective that this was engineered. Now, why would one engineer a toxin with such elaborate uh, scientific uh, understanding of its destructive power? Now, the vaccine itself makes spike protein. And that exposure to spike protein is like the full dose of penicillin. It's going to expose people to the full biologic activity of spike protein. So, uh, yes, I do think that spike protein is an engineered toxin. And I do think that the virus and the vaccine are related. Why would we have uh, an engineered virus and a mandated vaccine? Uh, Is China and America playing cop, bad cop with us? Uh, Both might be part of the same game. Uh, All these questions need to be asked and interrogated if we hope to understand further Uh, the vaccine itself doesn't make sense not only from the perspective of its efficacy but from how it was actually designed Uh, if if i have to just reiterate what the vaccine especially the messenger rna vaccine how they actually are meant to work as a vaccine Uh, you are injected with messenger rna that goes into your cells Uh, it should have stayed in certain cells but of course we know it distributes through the body but once it gets into a cell, it tricks the machinery of that cell to make spike protein. And that machinery makes this spike protein. That spike protein is then recognized by your immune system as foreign. Your immune system then attacks the spike protein, building antibodies to it. These antibodies to spike protein are what eventually protect you when you are exposed to coronavirus. These antibodies to spike protein are supposed to attach to the spike on the virus and actually help your body kill the virus. So that's the method to which this vaccine is supposed to work. Mm. But I find that a little contrived and a little illogical. The problems that we have with the vaccine is that the messenger RNA distributes further than we expected. We're not sure how long messenger RNA will last in your body We're not sure whether due to reverse transcriptase it might get incorporated into your DNA. We have no idea how much of spike protein it will make. We have no idea how long you will keep producing the spike protein. And this is just the problem with messenger RNA.
1: Doctor, you know what, uh, on the messenger RNA, I want you to hold your thoughts on that, on messenger RNA, because we need to take a break, and yeah, we know that uh, spike protein is a toxin, and it's engineered. Let's go take a quick break, and we'll get back to Dr. Shankara Chetty.
0: You're listening to a Marcus Sahaba online radio
1: podcast. Yes, alhamdulillah fascinating conversation with the dr shankara chetty and you know uh, he is alhamdulillah a natural science a biologist and uh, a general practitioner dr shankara chetty interrogates the thoughts are we facing a bio genocide and you know with the uh, you know with the information that is given us you know you just have to uh, yeah you just have to take it in and uh, be informed Just take it in, because uh, uh, lots of things, messenger RNA, you're talking about, doctor, very uh, informative indeed. Uh, Continue, doc.
0: Yes, uh, so, uh, Shafat, what we're seeing is that we got messenger RNA uh, to make spike, which has its own problems, uh, to spike protein, which uh, seems to be toxic, which is meant to trigger an immune response, which is supposed to be protective. Now, what I find amazing with that. why are we using messenger rna to make spike protein in a body Uh, that's variable why aren't if we wanted an immune response that gets generated to spike protein why aren't we injecting people directly with spike protein why do we need to go through a contrived mechanism of messenger rna tricking the body into making spike protein so if we thought that the uh, antibodies made to spike protein will be protective, then we would have used spike protein directly and injected people with spike protein, and that would have triggered an immune response. So I don't see the purpose of the messenger RNA in this entire vaccination campaign. And so I think that little facts like that, that are nonsensical, indicate that there's something more to this than actually meets the eye and i think that is where all the uh, where i find that i am very skeptical about what i'm told so yes uh, we know the toxicity of spike protein we know the inefficiencies of the vaccine we also know the uh, the, the uh, lack of logic in the way the vaccines were developed in trying to elicit that immune response uh, we know about the Public problems uh, from a governmental perspective all the way through to the social problems that it's creating with mandating and the rest. So I think that there's a bigger picture at play here. And people need to open their minds to understand that this is one of the biggest forms of coercion as humanity might ever experience. And we should keep ourselves open to all avenues, to understanding all avenues. We shouldn't close-mindedly bury our heads in the sand and think the vaccine is going to be our savior. At this point in time, a majority of countries with high vaccination rates uh, are experiencing spikes in waves where a majority of people in hospital are fully vaccinated. More sinister than that, a lot of people, uh, a lot of countries that are experiencing uh, overflows in ICUs and not with COVID patients, but with other illnesses. Uh, young people are getting uh, heart disease, young people are having strokes. We're seeing an increase in cancers, an increase in a whole lot of other illnesses that weren't there last year. And it all seems to coincide with this mass vaccination campaign in each one of those countries. So I think we need to be cautious. Uh, I think we need to be very careful about what's happening. Uh, if this was a planned depopulation, Then Spike Protein, as much as that may sound like a conspiracy theory, Spike Protein uh, in that context is one of the most elaborate, well-conceived, well-designed poisons. Designed poisons man could have ever made. Because it will kill people in hundreds of different ways. It would be dependent on your predispositions as to what you would die of. It would kill in the broadest time frame. So you will have a lot of people around you dying from a whole lot of different illnesses in a whole broad time frame. And that would make it difficult to pin any debt on the poison itself. So if I had to look at spike protein from that perspective, I'd say, well, very well engineered poison. Uh, when you look at the vaccines and the and the virus itself we're sure that that was an engineered virus uh, so we can understand how spike protein came to be by the hand of man uh, the vaccines as much as they've been touted to protect us have not shown any level of protection uh, people that say it protects are clutching at straws out of fear of death uh, So the vaccines itself make no sense. They're actually not protecting us from the illness. So what are they actually meant to do? And seeing that the common thread through both the spike protein, I can't help but think, are they not related? And so I think it's important to be logical, be honest, but also have an open view. Uh, The reason I say these things is to stimulate debate is for people to think for people to speak for people to to look at the science and make informed choices Uh, sometimes we have to speak out even at risk of being suppressed or suspended because at the end of the day i open your eyes to certain things and no matter i get suspended uh, nobody's going to close your eyes and that might be enough to save your life and I think those of us brave enough to speak out need to be need to stand up and speak out.
1: Mm, absolutely, doctor. And you know, looking at the uh, percentage of uh, uh, anti-vaxxers uh, compared to vaxxers, and uh, we also look at you know, you spoke about uh, religion. It plays a very important. Uh, Part in our lives, you know, focusing on God and calling on God every morning, you know, having that uh, implicit faith in Him. And as you said, uh, there's a new religion uh, being put in front, in front of people and, you know, the hope is on the vaccine and it's like they, you know, look like the innocent flower but be the serpent uh, beneath it and when you're talking about a spike protein that could be the serpent that is waiting to get a uh, hold of mankind. And perhaps a question to pose uh, doctor, why, why do they want to wipe out uh, a certain percentage of the population if they want to you know they want to actually vaccinate all mankind and uh, i mean there's no people left then who does the work uh, Doctor, uh, talk to me
0: look uh, we've seen with the, uh, the with the vaccines itself that there is no consistency between all the violence. so i cannot with any clarity say that all the buyers of a Pfizer vaccine are exactly the same Because different people who have managed to get their hands on these vials have seen different things. Yes, there's some uniformity. Uh, They found graphene oxide. They found polyethylene glycol. They found some parasites in there. Uh, But each one was a little different. Some were just blank with the normal saline in there. So you never know what the entire game plan actually is. Yes, I'm aware with spike protein that that is one of the... I know it's a toxin, and I know whoever gets spike protein is in great danger of being injured by it. But, of course, we also have graphene oxide, which has been used in many uh, patients with mental illness. Uh, That technology has been developed for many years now, uh, and it's known to cross the blood-brain barrier. It's known to be reactive to certain electromagnetic uh, frequencies. Uh, So, the the, the research in that field needs to be studied closely because there is the ability to manipulate brain function through such processes. That's that's nothing new. Uh, We know about nanotechnology and the drug delivery systems that are in place. So, I think uh, spike protein is just the tip of the iceberg. Mm. Uh, There are other things going on. Uh, so I don't think that it's about killing off humanity. I think it's about decreasing or depopulating the planet. Uh, there's a huge proportion of population that they want to make sure are no more. But there's also the rest that survive that also need to fall in line and be controlled. So I think from population perspective, the aim is to depopulate, and those that are left behind uh, should be reasonably simple to control. So it's 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 an agenda towards total totalitarianism. From a, an economic perspective, uh, the the economies of the world are built on what I'd call basically a pyramid scheme. Uh, people invest in companies and have other people invest in those companies and. So it's a pyramid scheme leading right up to the top. So the people at the top of the pyramid are just a few companies, three or four companies, Blackrock being one of them, that basically have a hand in almost the entire planet. From media to all the different social setups to all the different governance structures to all the medical fraternities. Every one of these companies at the top have a chain that reaches down into every facet of society. Now, if you're looking at a pyramid scheme, why? what's going to be the problem? Pyramid schemes tend to collapse because everyone's trying to get to the top. And I spoke to one of the economists, a uh, friend of mine, not, not so long ago, and he gave me a very interesting perspective. He said, if you want the top of the pyramid to survive, at some point when it is uh, nice and heavy and full of cash, then you've got to cut the pyramid in half, uh, sideways so that people at the bottom can't get to the top anymore and people at the top are able to govern. And to do that, you want to break the structure of the pyramid. Uh, the the structure of this pyramid is held together by the middle class. The middle class are those that provide opportunities for the lower class as far as employment goes. They are the ones that are entrepreneurs, starting new businesses and the rest. And they are the ones that provide the, the bridge between the lower classes and the upper classes. So if you want to stifle this pyramid, best you remove the middle class. And the easiest way to remove the middle class would be to shut down the economy for a period of a year or two. People will lose their businesses, Mm -hmm. people will get desperate, people will become unemployed. Uh, The the upper class and those that run big business are really not affected by it because they're the ones that are supplying the commodities. Uh, So they really don't get affected. So your big brand, uh, checkers, okay, all those who will survive this. But it's the smaller people that have their small businesses where they have had to show their entrepreneurial skills to start it up are going to have a rough time. And people will lose their homes, people will lose a lot. And what that actually does is stifle the middle class completely. So once you have that happen, people will now rent everything. People will be subservient to the top of this pyramid. Uh, it gives the top more power and it takes away the power from the bottom now. And I think that's the agenda. Uh, I wouldn't be too surprised we're steering towards the closure of banks, a global currency, and all that will allow those in power to manipulate further what we can and can't do. I won't be surprised in future your vaccination status will determine whether you can buy a food or eat food. So I think uh, that that lends to look at it openly. Yes, some things will be true and some things won't,
1: but at least we won't be surprised. You know, Doctor, you really have uh, shown uh, to us uh, what research you have done, and you know bless you for that because uh, you know you brought everything into perspective i don 't even have to ask you the question you know are we facing a biogenocide I mean you've answered uh, so many things, and uh, bless you for that so in other words, if you're an anti-vaxxer, you 're taking on the world governments uh, you're taking on these uh, conglomerates who sponsors the bank or who are either the heads of pharmaceuticals, the armaments industry uh, you know name it all. They, 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 they yeah. run everything. So, in other words, uh, you know, those anti-vaxxers and people like yourself who speak the truth are taking on uh, a very sinister force uh, which uh, an only divine decree can bring down. Your thoughts on that, Doc? Yeah, you're absolutely
0: right, Shafat. Uh, everyone that I've shared my perspective with uh, has... Uh, who have enlightened, has realized what's happening. Mm. And they've realized that we're taking on big business, we're taking on big pharma, we're taking on big media, we're taking on big governments. Uh, So yes, uh, it's it's a huge uh, uh, undertaking to take on all these big players who have control of the globe. But uh, we take them on from the perspective of spreading truth, spreading hope, spreading faith, and all for the protection of my fellow citizens. And I think uh, no matter how big they are, we have God on our side. Mm. And so uh, I don't see the need to be afraid. Someone asked me the other day, one of my patients, he said, don't you think you should put a guard at your gate for all the things that you're doing? And I said, you know, the day I put a guard at my gate is the day I admit I have no more faith in God. Wow. I don't don't see the reason to be doing that. What will happen will happen. Uh, This is something that's going to play out the way it's meant to play out. We're nowhere near the worst of it. I think that next year, the vaccine side effects, uh, if spike protein proves to be as toxic as it is, the vaccine side effects will be difficult to ignore. And once that uh, shows up, uh, and we can't ignore it, we will, uh, as humanity start to enter the darkest hours of humanity, we will all be faced with choices we need to make. And I think we can go in one of two ways. We can either end up with a global governance structure that suppresses and enslaves humanity, or we can, everything will collapse, we can rise up and, and fight for our rights. And we can build a new future on a better foundation. A lot of what we structured our, our lives on, uh, economy, uh, education, social structures, were built in a long, a very long time ago. And those structures were built not to be equitable. They were meant to actually benefit a few. So we had apartheid and the structures of that. We had communism. We had the Nazi Germany. And a lot of the financial, educational, social structures were built on those. Now, over the years, as we became more a free society, instead of starting new structures, we kept trying to tweak the structures that existed, hoping that they would give us a little more equity, hoping that they will share wealth, they will be a little more fair in the way they work. But remember, they were never designed to be fair from the start. So if we want to build a fair, equitable planet that's cognizant of the diversity of life and is actually uh, a little more, uh, 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 we are a little more respectful of God's creation, then I think the structures that be need to be broken. Uh, Education must break. Healthcare must break. Governance must break. They all are not built on firm enough foundations. They've all had cracks for too long. But breaking all those systems give us the unique opportunity to build anew. But to build anew with more equity, with more understanding, with more inclusivity. So I think there is a brighter future, but there is still a difficult road ahead to that brighter future.
1: Yes, sir, doctor. I'm also thinking, whilst you're talking about uh, we had a command council uh, that uh, started off, uh, ushered in uh, this pandemic and this lockdown. Uh, What happened to that command council? Then we had lots of money promised. What happened to all that money? Then we noticed uh, that, you know, these uh, PPEs, people made millions out of it. Then we noticed the rich got richer and the poor got poorer and as you mentioned that the middle class got wiped out uh, people lost businesses and so forth and in this country sadly there was insurrection there was looting and so forth and all these things came to the fore but uh, and then we noticed our uh, minister of health was compromised and also the story still pending on him it's alleged he's done this and that and many other things and throughout the world the billionaires became trillionaires, and uh, you know zillioniers would uh, would what it's a pandemic that's doing that. Talk to us, doc. What's going on?
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that's been planned. So I, I think, Shafat, uh, everything. Uh, if you look at it in the right perspective, uh, makes sense. Uh, and that is how I formulate an opinion. If it looks like it's true and I feel like it's true, it's likely to be true uh, until someone proves otherwise. Uh, if you look at all that you've said, uh, the Minister of Health is really key. When he was Minister of Health, we had a very slow rollout of vaccination. And, of course, the sector the, uh, of corruption hanging over his head has been there for a very long time. There's nothing new. Uh, that is what, I think, a majority of government officials nowadays. Everyone's got dirt on everyone else. So why, at that inappropriate time in the middle of the pandemic, would you choose to fire or suspend your Minister of Health. There is definitely another motive. Because you knew about the corruption for far longer. You've got enough to take him out. Why would you choose that appropriate time? Uh, I was of the opinion that he was taken out simply because he wasn't pandering to the needs of the global agenda and rolling out the vaccines in South Africa quickly enough. I think he had some inclination about the problems that we're going to have. So I think he was taken out for the simple uh, uh, reason that they needed a faster vaccine rollout and he wasn't the person to be doing it. Uh, Strangely, they put in the tourism minister into the health portfolio. And I think she was of the opinion that if she vaccinated the whole country, she (laughs) could open up a tourism industry again (laughs) and go back to her old job. And as soon as she came in, the vaccine started flying. Uh, We saw the same with the uh, CEO of the Health Professions Council. Uh, when doctors started speaking out, uh, he, uh, they wanted uh, care and all the administrators in medical care, not doctors, administrators, decided that we should be suspended for our uh, wayward anti-vax views. Uh, but he refused. Uh, he also said that he would be not mandating vaccines for healthcare professionals. Uh, so they suspended him on some charge. Uh, which I'm sure had been there for many years. They were just choosing the appropriate time to enact it uh, so that they could put a stooge in there who was willing to suspend doctors for speaking out. Mm. But he mentioned it on one of the radio programs two or three days after he was suspended. I, uh, sometimes when you point to uh, something that's going to be stolen, people keep an eye on it. And it seems two or three weeks after that he was reinstated. So I think there's an agenda to all that. Uh, everything that happens, happens for a reason. There's always a bigger picture. And I think uh, with with the economic hardships we're going through, all that is meant to happen. Uh, there, there is a big picture that for us, we will not see. We will not understand. It's beyond us. Yeah, beyond us in the sense that we live within ourselves, our meager existence, trying to pay our bills, trying to get our kids through college, uh, that kind of thing. We don't realize that there are people out there in this world that uh, have immense wealth and have absolutely none of the considerations we have. And they look at us as just pawns in a bigger picture. And so I think we must be very cautious. Uh, There's a lot that goes on out there that initially is not obvious. Mm. And if you don't open your eyes to all manner of possibilities, you might not see.
1: Doctor, the question here is, are we selling or are, we, uh, are certain individuals in the profession, in the medical profession, selling their souls to the devil? I think it's a very loaded question. If you don't answer it, you don't answer it, Doctor.
0: No, look, but I've, had, I've had a lot of issues with the way medicine is practiced. This is not something that started with COVID. This is something that started from the day I joined medical school. I do understand that in medicine there's a hierarchy, like in the army. We're dealing with life and death, and so there is always a chain of command. Uh, So when someone gives you an instruction, you follow it. Uh, You don't follow it, and it might cost a life. Uh, And so I understand the chain of command when it comes to medicine, when it comes to seniors, when it comes to peers, when it comes to the way medicine is governed. But what I don't understand with medicine is its lack. Of any scientific basis, principles, uh, people do not discuss. People do not uh, look upon uh, new innovation. Well, everything is about egos. Everything is about status. Whereas medicine should have been about people. Uh, I made this comment in one of the in one of the uh, articles that I have written. Uh, when you consider a drug. And you want to know how this drug affects a group of people. Those people are all different. Now, some people, it won't do anything. A majority, it will do what it's meant to do. And some people, it will have side effects. Now, when you look at plotting that curve, you'll see a bell. And the center of this bell-shaped curve tells you what the drug does. Uh, you're not interested in the tails of the bell you want to know what the drug does so you you focus on the majority the center so when you find consistency it teaches you something but when it comes to medicine that doesn't hold water because in medicine there is a lot of things that we already know and so when you want to understand say a virus and how it influences the population you also you already know how a virus influences people but now you've got a new virus and you want to figure out what's different so again it will affect the majority of people in the same way but that is not your concern simply because you know how that works your concern is with the tails of this bell you want to know what's happening with the unusual people and how you can explain these unusual things you are seeing now no manner of clinical trials no amount of data, no randomization of samples would ever bring you those kind of insights. Those insights into the development of medicine and that have brought all the new discoveries and new understanding was never made with randomized trials. That was done by doctors coming together at the end of the day in the doctor's lounge and discussing all their unusual cases for that day and each one sharing information to bring understanding to these unusual things. And that is where great scientific discovery has always resided. So
1: today, with the medical profession using hierarchy to stifle debate, I feel that's completely unscientific. Mm. You know, I tell you, doctor, uh, you've been uh, absolutely brilliant. And uh, unfortunately, we have run out of time. you have gone into extra time. It's fascinating. We're going to have you back soon, doc. Uh, in in the next uh, 10 seconds, your parting words.
0: Shaban, I, I think that people need to stop playing the player and watch the game. Uh, listen to everything that you hear around you. Uh, look at all the information. Don't be afraid to go and and find out. The truth might be very difficult to accept, but it is the truth at the end mm. of the day. So I think people need to just get all the information and make informed choices. Don't be coerced.
1: Thank you, uh, Dr. Shankara Chetty. Time for us to go for the uh, Isha Azan, and inshallah we'll continue after that. Dr. Shankara Chetty, as I said, uh, really kept us uh, riveted, and uh, Allah bless him also, bless him for his uh, participation on uh, this uh, platform.